It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, June 23rd. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that learned a lot from Brent Flair and Danny Briere at yesterday's presser. Sometimes you go fishing and sometimes you reel it in. Yeah, we're going to get into everything they had to say, how we read between the lines, plus talk about our Locked On NHL mock draft picks all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, before we dig into that pre-draft press conference, uh, the Flyers dropped their preseason schedule. And uh, as per usual, we're playing the Islanders and the Bruins and the Devils this time around. The first preseason game will be September 25th up in Newark against the Devils. They'll do three road games and then three home games this time around. Yeah, I never get overly excited. I go to those games because I want to see the young players and I go to at least two or three. Uh, Happy that um, there isn't one on my birthday. That's a good that's good news. (laughs) A lot of times there is. Yeah, Yeah. well, we'll have to mark that on our calendars and celebrate (laughs) accordingly. Um, Other bits of news. Ottawa is going to be hosting the World Juniors in 2025, a little closer to home. It's in Sweden next year. I'll go to the 2025 because that's an easy drive. Yeah, Yeah. Ottawa is a definitely reasonable distance. And then uh, Cutter Gaultier and Devin Kaplan were invited to Team USA's uh, Summer Showcase, which is for the kind of the world junior uh, for next year, the first uh, camp for that. I'm going to be in Michigan close to that time. I may go. We'll see. Yeah, that would be great if you could uh, get over there for that and see those guys. So turning to the Danny Breer, Brent Flair press conference from yesterday, uh, I am actually surprised how much info we got from it. Usually these things are very cagey. And of course they did say some vague things Uh and trying not to reveal too much uh, out there and and give away their strategy. It does like seem like there is a clear sense of, of what they think about this draft overall and their strategy going into it. Yeah. I think they're giving a little more transparency than most teams do. Uh, I think that's a concerted effort because they want the fans to kind of get excited about something again. So they'll start showing up back up at the rink again. And so I think that's the connection. Well, and also Danny Breer said it himself. He's like, this is my first time around. So I feel like with him, he feels like he has the advantage of being the rookie at the card table, right? Yes. Where where nobody knows his tells. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, can, you know, figure out how he's going to bet from hand to hand. And so he has that advantage going into it despite the disadvantage of it being his first time around and, and not having the experience. Yeah. He's a little bit of a wild card. I mean, you can figure out 
because this Flyers draft crew has been together a long time that how they operate. But yeah, he he could maybe shake that up a bit. Yeah, I think so. Talking about what they said about the draft overall, you know, when asked, you know, is, is this a stronger than average draft? Do they really believe in the depth of it? And Brent and Danny basically said, well, you know, there's complexity to it. There's layers to it. But they were very clear that it was not a deep draft for defensemen, which is true. But I think it was good to hear them say it. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a caveat there. I don't think it's a deep draft for top pairing defensemen. I do think there's a plenty of, you know, second pairing and third pairing defensemen. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I think the other thing that's important there was how they talked about risk versus reward, mm-hmm. right? And what they thought it was worth taking a risk on versus not. And Brent talked about it more in detail, but it seemed like Danny was on on board with that in terms of they're not going to take a risk on somebody that's maybe doesn't have the character they're looking for or the compete that they're looking for. But if somebody isn't as strong as they would have liked, or they're they've got some skating skills to work on or something that's fixable, they will absolutely take that risk. And I thought that was a clear definition and it was good to hear from them just to at least know what they're saying. Right. You know? Right. No. And I think that's, that's good. I mean, you know, the flyers look, the teams that have a lot of money can't do anything about it with the cap, but they can do things about it in the front office with player development with other skills coaches, with all those kinds of things. They can load up on that, and they should load up on that. And I feel like, you know, that's where they can maybe, you know, start making some gains. And you can see Briere is focused on that, and we'll see. Yeah, I think, you know, that is just, you know, a key distinction there that I think is important to know um, about what their thought process is. And I, I think that, you know, the other thing, that they talked a little bit about is are they going to make another deal or add any additional picks uh, going into the draft and they were asked about Kevin Hayes specifically and you know Danny said nothing's changed we value him I I thought that that was definitely one of the KG moments yeah that's the same spiel like we know that and and that's fine I mean again We have to come to grips, or at least fans have to come to grips, that there's not much of a market for Kevin Hayes right now. I think we knew that. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, on moving up or getting additional picks, um, you know, there were little birdies out there that there was an imminent deal that maybe was going to happen on Wednesday night or on Thursday. Still could happen, but things kind of cooled off on that on Thursday morning. Um, We are recording this Thursday afternoon. So if things are completely different by the time you hear this, that is why. But we do know at this point uh, from Frank Saravalli that uh, Danny Breyer turned down a deal for Scott Lawton that was the 25th or 29th overall pick from St. Louis um, and potentially a future second round pick and uh, just showing the value of Scott Lawton there uh, and what it could be and you know i think that's an interesting haul to to turn down but at the same time maybe he thinks he could get more yeah i think there's a chance he could get more so you you might as well wait on it i mean again that's the whole thing it's like i didn't think it would be smart for the flyers to just get all picks for everything they need to get some yeah. 
other prospects from other organizations too. And I think the problem is, and I've brought this up before and I'll bring it up again. If you're trying to trade with Steve Eiserman, you're not going to win that trade. Nobody wins a trade with Steve Eiserman. What you're trying to do is at least come away with value. And I've been speaking to people who know about that team and talked about what, you know, who's available, who isn't. And you can't even touch their top three or four prospects, no matter who the player is. They're not giving them to you. Right. It doesn't matter. So then you have to decide. Now, St. Louis, on the other hand. Yeah, St. Louis is a different story. But St. Louis also divulged, hey, we're not moving out of the top 10. We're making that pick. So yeah. that basically told me he feels pretty comfortable. He's not moving up in the draft or swapping a pick or anything like that either. So that's where you could see the, the field was starting to limit itself a bit then. And maybe it changes, you, you know, it can. Yeah, I, I just think that it's a very interesting deal to turn down if he thinks he could get more from St. Louis or he thinks he could get more elsewhere. Um, I think that also Scott Lawton is a pretty valuable player he to is. the Flyers and, and the future. And, and they might want to keep gonna, him around. They might want to make yeah. him captain. I mean, that's all considerations. So, uh, again, we'll see. And we'll, we'll keep up with that story as it progresses, if anything changes. Because, you know, they did say if there's a chance to add between the 22nd pick and the 87th overall pick, which is the gap right now, they're certainly going to try. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. So um, I, I think that there will be definitely some some dialogue happening. Um, Danny Rare said uh, people are returning my calls now. So I yeah, think... there's for the rest of this week, there'll be calls and then everybody will sort of shelve it. And then there'll be discussions on the draft floor again. Mm -hmm. And you see if something comes of it there. Yeah. All right. We have a lot more to talk about. We're going to discuss the specific player list they have in selection philosophy, Matt Vay Mitchkoff, and some more reading between the lines coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dogs shorts and pants. I didn't wear them to the press conference. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great and they're comfier than any other shorts or pants, but I do wear them all the time. I like wearing them on dog walks. I like wearing them doing yard work. I do like wearing them uh, going to a ball game. Anything for long-term use, the anti-sweat wicking is really good. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. We've got so much to talk about going into next week with the draft. So stay tuned for our full draft coverage, including reports from the scene from Russ, who will be there. I will be there. All right, continuing our look at the pre-draft press conference from Danny Breer and Brent Flair. On their player list and how they develop it and their selection philosophy, the thing that I think I took out of it the most is that while Brent Flair has been around and he has his system and he has his group of, of scouts and how they work, that he and Danny Breer were basically on the same page in terms of process but have different player opinions and that ultimately Danny Breer has that final decision. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's letting this scouting group do their thing and he's keeping up with it himself, sort of like as a, you know, a backup. And if he feels like, Hmm, I don't know if I really like this pick. That's the consensus right now on the table. He's going to be like, you know what guys, thanks for the info. We're going to go with this. 
And sometimes, you know, the scouts don't like that. Sometimes the director of scouting doesn't like that, but that's the GM's prerogative. I think the other main thing they were talking about was, you know, what risk are they willing to do at seven or at 22 because they have the second first round pick in there? And Danny was basically like, no, we're just going to do best player available regardless, according to their list, which, you know, you can say that's what they you would always say. That, say. But that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of not, going by position or, or any of that. I, I do believe them to a large degree here that they're not going to specifically look for a particular kind of player in either slot. Okay. But so there's two things. First thing is best player available according to their board. Yes. That's what we, that's the first thing. Second thing yep. is if all of a sudden, you know, let's just say three of the U S guys are gone in the first five picks and, and Mitchkoff is still there, and some of these other players that we're going to talk about in a minute are still there, that changes their board significantly. And then all of a sudden, it's going to change how they pick. Because it won't be best player anymore because their best players have all been taken. And Brett did sort of talk about if that situation happens. Uh, he did. He mentioned that briefly. So, And it does happen. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, the other interesting thing I thought was when they were talking about the U.S. National Team Development Program players and how do they know, because there's so many of them and they play together, like which are the ones that are the quality players versus which are maybe benefiting from playing with those other guys. And um, I thought actually what uh, Brent said was pretty smart. He's like, oh, we watch them as they play on other lines and we have enough data to tell, you know, what is the case there? And and I, I believe that 100% because we've done the same thing. Yeah, except you can't do it for Gabe Perot. Um, even at the All-American Prospects game, he took like one shift, maybe two without that line. In the last two years, for me trying to watch him, he's been with that line the whole time, everywhere, even in those All-Star games. Uh, now, if you go back three years, sure. But then going back three years on any player is a little dangerous. So that's where he was a little cagey about Gabe Perot. He didn't want to say. Now, which I took it as, you know, we're not going to take a risk on Gabe Perot, right. especially at seventh overall, right. maybe at 22. Right. If he's still there. Right. Yeah. Which I think is the right answer. It so is. I will take it. <laughs> They're 90% of the way done their list. They had their final meetings after the combine in Buffalo and then uh, some more this past week. And they've continued to have battles, especially as the list goes yeah, that's further normal. in the rounds. Pretty typical. Right. All normal. Now, when they talked about Matt Vay Mitchkoff, because they were asked about it multiple times, um, Danny seemed to indicate that they have a meeting with him or they, they're pretty sure they have a meeting with him. No, that's, I asked the question. I, I got the first question in on Mitchkoff, and he said that, yeah, because I re-listened to it, uh, and they're very hopeful they'll have that meeting. So they must have some indication he's going to meet with them. That was the, the vibe I got. And that's why I didn't give a follow up because that's at that moment, that's all I needed to know. Yeah. And I thought it was good the way they talked about having done their homework on him mm -hmm. in terms of talking to teammates and coaches and that they have contacts there that they're able to do the kind of research that they need and that an interview will really just confirm or deny what they already know. Right. Right. And that's fine. But that's good that they're in on it. That's that's all you need to know on that one. Now, there was some more re reading between the lines that happened. Uh, Russ, you asked an excellent question about this draft and the WHL and noted that Brent did not bring up the name of Zach Benson. Who's the third leading scorer in the league. Kind of hard to not mention a guy who had almost 100 points. 
So I don't think he made a mistake there. I just think the omission was there for a reason because he didn't want the general press to start thinking about Zach Benson. But I had put in my combine report, I asked, and we spoke about it on this show. So if you follow this show, you would be up with the saga that, hey, they spoke to Zach Benson. So if they really had no interest, why would they speak to him now? They could have spoken to him and then decided they didn't want him. But all I could tell you is this. He's one of the smartest players I've ever spoken to in my entire career. And so I can't believe they would walk away and that would be the reason they wouldn't want him. So I do think they, if the situation occurs, like I said, with the U.S. players, I do think he is in play. And, and I do think he was being cagey by not mentioning him, by omitting him. I think so, too. Uh, one positive out of that also was that uh, they mentioned goaltending, which we have not heard from them as of yet uh, in any of the communication. And that's what I was hoping to spark um, was to get some player names. And I did. Now, they didn't have to answer any player names, but they did. Uh, and that was good. And Carson Bjornsson was, you know, he was the goalie for the U18 Canadian team and had some really great games and some other like mediocre games, but ones that I didn't feel like was, was his fault. And he's a really top prospect. Like he easily could be the first goalie that goes off the board. Even though I love Harabal, I understand Bjornsson could go first, but clearly the Flyers have interest in him. And that's what you need to, to know. That's the takeaway. Yeah. And we talked about draft eligible goaltenders on the May 23rd show. Yes. So go back and listen to that. Uh, if you haven't already, and you want to know more about Carson uh, Bjornsson. Also talked about Tanner Molendyke. Yeah, Tanner Molendyke um, plays in the W in the Dub also out in the prairies. Uh, that was a big clue that Brent gave that I don't know if everybody sort of clued into at the time. But um, when he says they scouted heavily in the prairies, uh, this is not normal. I think I, I'm pretty sure I brought up on this show before that the Sharks were one of the first teams that told me yeah. that they had a lot of scouts out in the prairies. We, because they started really getting a lot of hits on that. Well, clearly the Flyers have, have seen the value in that too. And to talk about Mullendyke is a really good one because, you know, he kind of has that Tory Krug look to him. You know, he hits guys, he's, he's fast, he's got a scoring ability. Uh, he is 5'11", so they are willing to do that because Cam York is 5'11", so we know that. Uh, the question is, are they hoping that he drops to the third or do they still feel like they're going to get a second and that's where they're going to take them? I don't think they would take them 22nd overall. So I think I think that still shows right. the um, a plan that they're still trying to get into the second, Rachel, based on the fact that they're interested in him. Yeah, a lot of the names were kind of second round yes. eligible people. And so it does really indicate that. Uh, they also mentioned Samuel Hanzek of the Vancouver Giants. Yeah, it's interesting. He's a really good player. I know he's had some injuries. Um, he's not in my top 45 simply because I, at times I didn't know what to make of him, but he's got a lot of talent. He's got a great shot. He is big. I think he's 6'4". So you look at that and you look at the potential um, with him and you say, all right, you know what? I see it, but that would be for 22nd overall. He's not going to be there any later in this draft. Like there's no way. So he's another guy. If you want to throw him into that mix, you know, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So was there anything else that you had to like read between the lines that you took away from the press conference? No, I mean, those were the main things. Um, again, the Prairies thing I felt like was a big, was a big tell as well. Um, we also Saskatoon time. Yeah. 
Saskatoon time. It's not like they're, you know, everybody goes there all the time. But um, we also have to remember Mark Reich has been there uh, for 13 years. And he's been very influential in Flyers drafts before. And I have a feeling he's going to be influential in this one too, based on the WHL crowd. That was another reason why I asked the question. I, I don't, like, I'm not that guy who just asks questions to ask questions. Like, you know me. If somebody asks it, I don't ask it. And if not, I'm asking, you know, pretty pointed questions. So, yeah, I felt like they they told us a decent amount. I felt like that they still have aspirations to get into the second round based on who they like. I feel like uh, they will try and draft one of the U.S. kids with that first pick. I still don't get the feeling they really want Reinbacher. It doesn't mean they won't take him. And then Mitchkoff, they're saying all the right things. So it'll be interesting. I know Briere, here's here's the complication with the Mitchkoff part. Briere initially said he's not going to be there. So I think that's his hope in a way. Because otherwise he, he doesn't has, have to make has the to decision. Make decision because this could be yeah. a hell of a decision. Like right away, this could be like a massive decision that could affect the team for the next 10 years based on what you do. Uh, and, you know, and there's a lot of good talent in this draft. But we've talked about it. If Mitch Cuff's there, you have to run up and take him. You can't go with anybody else. If you do, chances are you're going to lose in that battle. Now, and you you asked something very pointed of me, like, does Mitch Cuff really check off all those boxes that Brent's talking about? No. No, he doesn't. He checks off a lot of them, and that's enough. Yeah. Because, again, I go back to someone like Pavel Bory. Would he check off all those boxes? Like, really? No. But he could fill the net. But he's Pavel Bure. Yeah. It didn't matter. <laughs> it did not. So. All right. Yeah. So much time between now and the draft. I feel like anything can happen uh, as far as moves. And Things are coming so. more into focus, though, don't you feel? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that. And and that presser kind of really helped solidify a lot of things for me. But uh, in the meantime, we did have the Locked On NHL mock draft with all of the hosts from around the league. And we'll get to what our picks were and why coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the GameTime app is it's great for getting notified about those last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get those all-important views from your seats. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through emails. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, so the Locked On NHL mock draft, Russ, uh, was quite an adventure, I must say. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of the process and, you know, being, I think, I would say generally by surprise mm -hmm. by a lot of the picks. Now, obviously not in the top two or three, like 
those were were pretty clear. But, you know, as the, the mock draft continued, our fellow hosts from around the Locked On NHL family uh, gave us some surprises and a little peek behind the curtain. We did have to redo the bottom part of the draft once the Flyers acquired that 22nd overall pick. And we were very happy. A lot happy. of hosts hated us after that. They did. and But we were very happy to redo some work in order to make it more accurate for y'all out there. And so uh, by now, if you have seen our YouTube feed or uh, checked out our Instagram account, you will know that we selected seventh overall Ryan Leonard uh, based on the picks so far. And, um, you know, I, I really felt like there was no other option here, you know, that was the most Flyers pick possible. If you look at who was already off the table, Mitchkoff was off the table, Will Smith was off the table, Dvorsky was off the table. Now, Benson was still available, Moore was still available, but we were just thinking, trying to put our heads in the heads of the Philadelphia Flyers. And we said, I think Ryan Leonard would be, you know, too big a, a, of an opportunity to pass up for them. Yeah, I think uh, in that circumstance, uh, they would take Leonard, then Moore, than Benson. Uh, he did mention how Moore could be a first-line center in any other draft. We kind of already knew that, but that tells you how much they like him. Uh, he glowed about Leonard, obviously. He, he yeah. you know, So that was, if you listen to that, so I think that's just a no-brainer if he's there. Yeah, and I just want to make it clear, that's what we did. We looked at, at it and said, who do we think the Flyers would choose right. here? Not necessarily who we would choose here. I think we might have gone with Benson. We would have. In this circumstance, um, but it was really interesting because when we were talking about the defensemen, um, we said we would put Sandine Pelica over Reinbacker ultimately in our versus discussion yes. earlier this week, and that's how it played out um, in our mock draft. The Blues took Sandine Pelica at tenth, and the Canucks took Reinbacker at eleventh overall in the mock draft. So interesting. Just thought we should point that out along. Yeah, the that's way. a fun thing. Yeah. So then getting down to the 22nd overall pick, this is where we upset the apple cart with our fellow host yep. because uh, we could not believe that Andrew Kristall was still available at 22. And of course we had to grab him, right? Yeah. And Brent talked about him in the press conference as one of the WHL guys. And mm -hmm. we um, listen, I mean, the hockey IQ, the two-way play, the scoring, It'd be hard not to take him at that spot. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, while his range has shifted in terms of where he's projected, uh, a, you know, it's shifted a lot recently. Uh, I think that we probably thought in the real world would have gone in like the 15 to 20. There was a time, but I think, again, like, I just think some teams when everything else, when other players got more recognition and got better, he started to slip a little doesn't mean his play slipped. It just means that. And his two-way play can get better. He's not like a complete two-way guy. He has good tendencies there, but I feel like he could get mm -hmm. even more involved in that. So I think a few of those things dropped him a bit. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. But we still thought he was a, a great pick at, at that 22. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, in our... Um, YouTube feed where we have the video short of our selections. I did the seventh overall pick. Russ did the 22nd 
overall pick in the in the notes uh, for YouTube. You can see all the other picks there as well to see you know who we might have uh, passed over and who was off the table at that point might be of interest to y'all. Yeah, and you can rip us for it. It's fine. Yeah. That's what uh, the draft is all about, is taking chances yep. and, and doing the best you can with the information you have at the time. Yep. All right. That will do it for today's show and for the shows this week. Uh, unless something interesting or crazy happens in, in the next little bit, you won't hear from us till Monday, where we are going to talk about the latest Flyers news, our nemesis of the week. Uh, we're going into NHL awards at that time. Plus, then the draft will be later next week uh with the lead up to free agency so much happening in the next week week and a half in the nhl and we will be here for all of it as a reminder we always want to hear from you send us your mailbag questions your draft questions your free agency questions uh, you can tweet us at lockdown flyers you can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or you can comment over on youtube i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russ i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y have a great weekend everyone <laughs>